Hello, and welcome to NARC, Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Collaborators, home of NARC Troopers. If you enjoyed today's episode, check me out on my website at NARC Troopers, where you can see more of my work, including articles for medium.com, a video vlog, tons of podcasts, merchandise, links to my books that I have written, and various and sundry other items. Today, we're going to talk about why we stayed. Why did we stay? Concrete science-based reasons why leaving an abusive or um, relationship with a narcissist or sociopath can be so hard. I never understood why abused people stay with their partners. You know, and I was also always very critical of their choice to remain with these tormentors and subject their children to horrible things. Just keep, you know, getting off the ground, trembling, bloody faced, only to say, may I have another, sir? You know, I judged them and I judged them harshly as weak, selfish, or stupid. I babbled on about how selfish and powerless it was and swore that I would never let any man put his hands on me. I was a harsh critic preaching about putting uh, kids first and standing up to mistreatment. I labeled them foolish and pathetic. And then I shook my head in bewilderment and disgust as I stroked my own ego for being above such drama. I proceeded to climb up on that pedestal, not remembering all the stuff about tragic heroes and their tragic flaw that always brings their downfall. You know, I thought that I was above it all, bulletproof, better than that. And then it happened to me. Now, I am one of those women one of those women. You know, there's one thing that lives at the center of it all. Trauma. Old trauma, childhood trauma, new trauma, ongoing trauma, intermittent trauma, generational trauma, epigenetic trauma, cultural trauma. You get the idea. There's lots of trauma going on. And trauma comes in all sizes and shapes and a million different flavors. Trauma can be defined as a complex response to an intense, disturbing event that causes a person's coping mechanisms to backfire. It can be one event or a sustained series of events over a period of time. Trauma causes feelings of hopelessness and causes individuals to feel unsafe. Survivors of trauma can constantly feel intense emotions that are difficult and sometimes impossible to manage and regulate. And all of these trauma responses cause other trauma responses that influence our behavior and decision making. It can cause us to be paralyzed 
or to act irrationally. It can cause a variety of issues that cannot be easily dismissed or resolved. So let's examine five possible ways it could be impactful and cause the victim to remain in an unhealthy and dangerous relationship. When someone stays in a relationship that is abusive, and if they have children, they become victims one way or another also. I'm talking about the children becoming victims. It's important to understand that there are a lot of other things at play. So here we go. Number one, the trauma bond. Trauma bonds are created as a result of intermittent reinforcement in an abusive relationship because the victim is conditioned to become addicted to the neurochemicals released during the good times and therefore minimize or deny the abuse that happens during the bad times. An example would be Mr. Y consistently cheats and is emotionally abusive but when he shows any kindness or affection, his partner becomes trauma bonded and learns to look the other way when he acts out with infidelities because she has become addicted to the occasional positive reinforcement. Yep, it's a powerful thing. Number two, trauma repetition, also known as trauma um, repetition compulsion. Freud indicated that people impulsively create the same to toxic and traumatic situations from their past in hopes of being victorious over them finally in, in some uh, you know, future iteration of that dynamic. They do this in hopes that they can rewrite the ending, thus achieving healing and closure you know, once and for all. An example, Mrs. X chooses relationships with a series of abusive alcoholics because one of her parents was an abusive alcoholic. And so that's very easily uh, understandable how that functions. Um, number three, trauma splitting. Disengaging from traumatic events by breaking from reality in some form or another is common. These dissociative states are also experienced by the narcissist. Here's the example. Mr. P believes that his wife, who has NPD, is loyal and devoted to their family, even though reality indicates something quite different. Mr. P cannot recognize the truth about his wife or acknowledge any part of her daily abuse, neglect, betrayal, or apathy. You see what you want to see. Number four, trauma blocking. This is the complete disconnect that happens when the trauma is too severe and a defense mechanism is necessary for survival. An example would be, Mr. B works two jobs and is typically away from home for many hours every day. He refuses to acknowledge that his wife, who has NPD, is participating in criminal activity in their home while he is working. She's enjoying group sex with both genders and she is using many types of drugs. 
he does not um, question where her money comes from or who she is spending time with. He's, it's just like he ignores it. There's, there is no vulnerability as he sees only what he wants to see. He's got the blinders on. And I think we've all done that at one time or another. And I think the last one here is trauma shame is another component of trauma. This refers to the self-loathing that happens as a consequence of abuse. Your example, Mrs. C is a cutter and drug addict who submits herself to cruel physical violence from her narcissistic partner because she believes she is the cause of that abuse and that she deserves to be punished because she is such a bad person. That's more common than you would think. When in a relationship with a partner who has NPD, antisocial disorder, psychopathy, or any combination of these cluster B disorders, they are often drawn into a shared fantasy, which in a sense is a shared psychosis. Cognitive dissonance sets in and both parties share like delusional beliefs about the other and about everything. It's magical thinking. They perpetuate the imaginary roles in order to satisfy their internal mechanisms that are damaged and unable to function properly and that require some kind of um, external validation in the form of fuel or supply. Other factors could also be involved in the decision to stay, which revolve around the overarching theme of fear. Fear. Um, there may be fear of abandonment, fear of financial ruin, fear of retaliation and revenge, fear of societal judgment and stigma, fear of going it alone, fear of doing worse, fear of never being loved again or ever in the first place, um, and just a general generic fear that is both suffocating and crippling. Common catchphrases have sprung up to encourage the victim to summon the strength to leave. Those include get out, stay out. When you know, you go. You survive the abuse, you'll survive the recovery. One of the most basic human rights the narcissist or psychopath takes away from you is the right to respond to his actions with any true authentic um, causal uh, effect or emotional response either. Um, feelings of sadness, anger, and disapproval are not allowed. You're not allowed to feel anything like that. The victim learns to push down and repress any feelings that begin to surface and to keep their disordered partner happy at all times. That requires a kind of hypervigilance that is exhausting and physically ravaging. Over time, the partner begins to choke on their own blood as the murdered emotions hemorrhage and leak into oceans of pain, shame, confusion, and guilt. 
many times the victim starts believing and blame shifting narrative, um, you know, narratives spun by their narcissist and they begin to doubt themselves and question themselves and think that they are actually at fault for everything. This is incredible, but that happens. He, you know, he wouldn't cheat if I were younger, prettier, thinner, whatever. He wouldn't do crazy things if I did not stress him out and ask for too many things. Really? He wouldn't hurt me all the time if I were, were such um, a codependent, needy lo loser. Like if I weren't those things, then he wouldn't hurt me. You think? Um, you know, you get the idea. He wouldn't do these things. Um, and then you make an excuse. <coughs> Excuse me. The games they play with your heart and your head leave you not knowing up from down or, you know, in from out. It feels like you are drowning. But when you try to swim to the surface, you discover that you were swimming in the, to the bottom. The waters are murky and you become lost and disoriented and you don't, you, there's no light to swim towards. It's all darkness. One of the worst things about it all is the collateral damage caused by these tornadoes of dysfunction. The children and families of mentally impaired people suffer in ways that stay with them for the rest of their lives. They will have their own trauma now after, you know, experiencing that with, with you and with your narcissist, they will, um, you know, they will go on and develop abusive behaviors sometimes. And, you know, it just never, it, it, it never just affects one person. Everyone all around the couple will invariably be impacted in a powerful and painful way. There are countless other reasons that abuse victims stay with their abusers. It is a tragedy every single time. So if you are tempted to vilify them or judge them for their weakness, please remember this. There are many things that you will never truly understand until they happen to you. You have to just hope that you never have to understand something like this and give these wretched and tormented souls some grace. So that's my message for tonight, troopers. For today if it's daytime where you are um, that's kind of what I wanted to um, talk to you about is that you know there's um, you know there's reasons why people stay with the narcissist and in my case I'm codependent I have attachment disorders and abandonment issues that plus the childhood early trauma that I experienced that was textbook Charles Manson kind of violence and craziness. Yeah, put all that together and trauma is what I know. Mentally ill is what feels familiar. It's, it's, um, it's my safe spot, my comfortable place. It's what, it's what I know. It feels like home. Uh, and so all of these things that the narcissist does uh, is my most comfortable safe place there is, even though 
uh, you know, I'm in the <laughs> bowels of hell or whatever you want to describe it as. This is really a horrible situation. I have so much cognitive dissonance. I have so much, um, you know, foggy brain and, and disrupted neurotransmitters and chemicals in my brain are, are not what they are supposed to be and they're not working properly to help me regulate my emotions or any of that. You know, I've got a lot of stuff going on. So when the narcissist is doing his thing or her thing, um, you know, I am with, with the things that I'm dealing with that sort of tap into what predatory exploitative, uh, horribleness they are. Uh, it's very hard. It's very hard to, uh, step back and see things rationally and act with your head and not your heart. You know, I'm the the time that I spent with my person, I didn't leave because it was kind of like I already did. I left this life, the real world. And I went into a bubble into a space that was imaginary, delusional, psychotic, a shared fantasy. He co-opted and, synced his brain with mine and a cult-like Stockholm syndrome kind of um, co-opting of my my agency over my life. Um, and I don't even think it was intentional. I think just as a predator and as a narcissist, it's just hardwired in there as a survival skill for them to incapacitate their food so that they can prey upon them and feed and that's exactly what he did and it worked on me because i had these vulnerabilities with these issues of my own my codependency and stuff like that so that made me a prime target i'm not saying he recognized those things in me and targeted me for those reasons there could be some narcissists who do that but not many i think by far the majority uh they just do what they do because they need to feed They need that fuel and supply. They need that constant stream of it coming in. And when you start to question them or ask for something or demand something or catch them doing something, confront them with it, they just don't have what it takes to deal with that. Remember, you are dealing with an ossified, fossilized, uh, like four-year-old, three-year-old, five-year-old. They're not adults. Uh, I was listening to my favorite person. I'm not going to keep invoking the name of you know who, but I was listening to one of his uh, YouTube videos and he was talking about that. And he was saying how, um, you know, the therapy, first of all, there's no therapy right now that cures narcissism. There's only therapy that can help highly motivated narcissists and psychopaths to, um, to understand that they need to fake certain things, which to me sort of makes them more dangerous. You know, they're honing their skills and learning it from their therapist. That's kind of messed up, but it's true. They're, they're not going to get well. Um, he's got something he calls cold fusion. And really what it is, is it's child psychiatry, uh, coupled with married to, uh, trauma, um, treatment, healing, therapy, uh, those two things. He said that narcissists are not adults, so you can't treat them as adults in therapy 
with any kind of the conventional traditional therapy because they are children and you have to use children's psychiatric methods to reach them and then to go with that piece there's the 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 other part of that too that um you have to consider so it's a double-edged sword you're teaching a child and you're teaching a child who uh, has no core and who you know will maybe act like they agree with you but they don't internalize it and and they can't um in essence actually change to have a good result so we stay because we're in this crazy bubble with them and it's almost like when you come back to earth after it's over and you know it's probably going to be over at some point unless you're just a complete doormat and let them just completely exploit you abuse you and do all that and even then there's no guarantee they're going to stay your fuel is probably not the high quality that they can get from someone else who doesn't know what you know and who hasn't suffered what you've suffered they need somebody fresh who can look at them with googly eyes and just think oh he's so cute and he's so sexy and they need that they don't need somebody who's like you really hurt me you hurt the kids you hurt other people you need to stop and call them out on it they don't want that they don't need that they don't know how to handle that they are children that's like telling a two-year-old you know i want you to really understand the moral implications of your actions mister how's that gonna go over he's two you know he stole cookies from the cookie jar moral implications he doesn't know what those words mean even if you explain them he's still not gonna get it that's your narcissist and that's why you have to use uh you have to use techniques that are meant for children and you have to treat the trauma that's the second piece you have to use trauma um intervention therapies and stuff because they are trauma victims they are children who have experienced high levels high levels of trauma and pain and um you know that is the narcissist so of course your regular therapy is not going to work on them why would it they're not grown-ups and they're trauma victims like we are now after being with them after they co-opted our brain and um did all all of that hoodoo on us <laughs> so eh, well if you don't laugh you cry it's pretty bad right but um i'm gonna let you go i just wanted to say i i certainly changed my tune all my holier than thou uh attitudes towards women who were caught up into in something ugly and who couldn't seem to put their kids first because they were so involved with their uh with the boyfriend or the stepdad or whatever i you know i could just never really grasp how that could be but i understand it now it's not like i chose it it's the broken things in me got hooked and reeled in and then my brain uh was was snatched and stolen from me that sounds crazy but that's really what happened to all of us who have been in love with a person who has npd that's exactly what's happened to us so we didn't choose to have our brains snatched right 
I didn't. I, I didn't. And, you know, when people would look me right in the face and say, who are you? You've changed. You're so different. What is going on here? This is crazy. What are you doing? Why are you with this person? They're creepy and they're, they're bad and we see it. Why don't you see it? You know why we couldn't see it? We couldn't see that we were even different. It was all just such a, um, you know, a mind bending kind of like hypnotic trance that we were in that reality, you know, speaking to us from the other side, it just, it couldn't get to us in any way that made sense. And I hope that that makes sense to you because you have to forgive yourself for what happened in that relationship and why you didn't leave when you should have, why you stayed as long as you did. And uh, you got to forgive yourself for that because um, there's reasons why that happened that way. And it's not your fault. You know, I'm going to say something bold that some of you won't agree with, but I'm going to say it anyway. You know, it's really not the narcissist's fault either. I don't think you or your narcissist chose the roles that you played in that crazy relationship. And neither one of you were like a picture of health, if you know what I mean. And both trauma victims. And of course, one of them tears through life doing incredible damage and harm to everyone in their path. But the others are like us, sort of like uh, have some kind of dependency disorder or attachment issue or even in the worst cases become borderline. Um, so, yeah, let's let's save our judgment of both ourselves and others. Just put it aside and say, look, this is what happens. Sometimes it happens to people and it looks really bad when you're looking from the outside in, like they must be insane for being in this thing. But we have to have to understand there's reasons why they're not just stupid or weak. They're, um, it's complicated. And I've tried to do my best to kind of explain to you why, how that works, how people get stuck, why they stay, why they can't leave, even when it's harming, not just them, but everybody around them is being harmed. They just don't, they just can't see it. Their, their brain has been synced to the narcissist and, in some hive mentality, collective uh, symbiosis or something. And they just, don't, they can't see it. They can't see it. And when they come out of it, they're like, oh, I would never do something like that. Oh, I would never act like that. I would never do that. After everything I said, I would never have treated my children the way that I did after I hooked up with this narcissist. You know, I didn't consciously abandoned them. I didn't consciously choose him over them. This was something much more complex, layers and layers and layers of complexity on this thing. And, and really, uh, I wasn't capable of, of making any kind of choice. It's just kind of like the, the death star and that, and that pull of the force that that tractor beam or whatever that pulls the spaceship towards the death star you can't resist it you just gotta go because it's just gonna bring you the and you can't fight it there's you know it's 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 hard it's bad and i'm sorry that that's happened to any of us but we need to understand what happened 
we need to accept it, believe it, and then move forward from it. And that's, that's it. That's it for me tonight. Um, this is November, 2021. And I just want to say things out there in the world are pretty bumpy right now. And so you sure do need to try to get your strength and get your head back, you know, on your shoulders and get rooted in reality because things are pretty bumpy in the world right now. And being, you know, knocked on the ground and unable to get up is a really bad place to be for what's coming and for how things are going. So just keep that in mind and uh, let's keep, keep on marching, keep on going. Okay. Much love. Bye.